wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships? Join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. orgasmic birth is possible. What do you think or feel when you hear orgasmic and then birth put together? Hi, I'm Deborah Pascali Benaro. I am the founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and the host of the Orgasmic Birth podcast. And today I'm really honored to be talking to you all about orgasmic birth. I'm going to describe a bit about what it is and take you on a journey. I hope that it will give you time to pause and really feel into your attitudes and beliefs around sex and birth. I'm also going to share the benefits of orgasmic birth and a little bit about how to have an orgasmic birth. So as we begin, I want you to just settle in wherever you are. I know it's really important in our busy days, if there are children nearby or you're in an office setting, you might want to make sure you have earbuds in for this sensitive topic, but also just to check in in how your body's feeling. Just three deep breaths can really help us settle to become aware of how our body's feeling and to be able to create a time of peace and calm. So as long as it's okay, you're not driving right now, um, try to just lower your gaze or close your eyes, feel your feet connected to the ground, to the earth, and take in a nice deep breath through your nose and out through your mouth. And sometimes when you exhale, let sound out. I even wiggle my shoulders. Let go what you need to release to be present. And as you breathe at your own pace, bring a breath in that you really feel yourself filling your body with peace, maybe light, healing light where you need healing. And again, exhaling away whatever you need to let go. And then think of your own word. What do you want to bring into your body and your awareness today? And breathe that in. Feel it come all the way up, filling your body. And as you exhale, bring that thought, that affirmation, that feeling all the way down to your toes. So your breath is always available to bring you to this place of calm or whatever word, maybe safety that you want to create. So when you're ready, let your eyes open, your gaze open. And if at any time as we're talking, you just feel you need to pause, pause the podcast. Maybe you want to journal along with me. Think about where are some of your feelings coming from? Return at different times. And when you need to take a breath, um, do just pause and know those three breaths are there 
to create comfort. It's really important to have a self-care practice. And we often think of that as hours at a clip, or I sometimes think, oh, I've got to get out to that hour yoga class. But self-care can just be minutes through the day that we take the pause to connect to our body, to our breath, and to where those feelings are coming from. So when we begin to think about moving birth from the ordinary to the extraordinary, we have to remember that there is this kind of pyramid of basic needs that have to be met. And so we often say like, we wanna survive, thrive and transform. And survival is really your basic physiologic needs, right? For food, for water, for shelter, for warmth, for rest. And we know that there are many people um, around the world that those needs are not there. And so I always spend time every day thinking of them and sending my thoughts and intentions there. And as many of you know, do a lot of activism and work um, in providing care for many in other challenging times. But once those basic needs are met, our next need is to feel safe. And if you listen to the podcast from Dr. Sarah Buckley talking about the hormonal physiology, she talked a lot about feeling safe, feeling private and unobserved. So we have some core elements that have to be met to kind of move up the hierarchy of birth. The next is belonging and love. And so whether that's love of yourself from a partner, loving you, loving your baby, there's a real intimacy in birth, right? We are, when you're growing that baby inside you, if you're that mother birthing person, right? There's this incredible connection of love between you and your baby for partners and fathers listening. How are you going to bring your love both for your yourself, because we know that the hormones of labor are contagious. So that if we want to bring that love, it begins with us. It only takes one person in a birthing environment to bring in fear, and that fear can be contagious. So we need to know that we're bringing in that love. And then we move to this next higher level. We start coming up where we start really feeling good, right? We're settling in. We trust our body. We trust labor. We're moving with where our body's letting us know we need to go. And doula's listening, right? This is important that as birth practitioners, that you're also making sure that that hierarchy of needs is met for you. So you're bringing your love, you're bringing your sense of trust, both in birth and in that birthing person and family. And then it's when we can kind of get to the top of that pyramid of that hierarchy of needs, and we really get to orgasmic birth. So I just want you to know that this is kind of foundational. So when we're preparing for an orgasmic birth, we're making sure that other needs are met. And that's going to open the pathway to orgasmic birth. So I always love to say like, pause here if you can in a minute and write your own definition of orgasmic birth. 
Um, what do you think of when you hear me say those two words, orgasmic and birth? Where does your definition take you? And I want to just share the definition that Elizabeth Davis, the dear friend and midwife um, that we created together in our book, Orgasmic Birth, Your Guide to a Safe, Satisfying, and Pleasurable Birth Experience. So our definition is broad enough to include those who describe an ecstatic and specific enough to give voice to those who actually feel the contractions and expansions of orgasm and climax during labor or birth. Many of our interviewees spoke of astounding pressure and the sensation in the vagina as birth approached, followed by a flood of release and emotion as the baby emerged. Whenever a woman can look back on these moments with joy, when the physical and emotional aspects of birth are fully experienced as pleasurable, we call this orgasmic birth. So if you wrote something or thought something, how did your definition fit with ours? And I always love to just share that both Elizabeth and I have always said, we never want orgasmic birth to be a performance standard. I think there's enough put on everyone in childbirth, especially women and birthing people that we don't need another standard to say, did you achieve this? Or maybe you're less than every birth is a heroic journey. And so whatever births asks of you, it's always an incredible feat to bring new life into the world. And I always want to say too, that birth is a journey of two of you. It's a baby and it's your own body. If you're that mother birthing person or partner, right? It's a journey of, of all people working together and doulas and midwives and doctors. We're all in this. And you never know ahead of time what the baby might need. You know, we often think that we're going to plan our birth, which one, I'll talk more about that in later episodes, but I don't like the term birth plan. I think that when you plan something and it doesn't go the way you think, you can tend to think you failed or didn't achieve something. And we never know what birth will ask of you. We never know what the baby needs. Some babies, I always laugh, take the scenic route. They like the long labor and they tore the whole pelvis before they're born. And other babies are ready to slide right out. So when we're creating what I like to call our vision, our wishes, our desires, it's knowing that when you're the person giving laboring and birthing, you only get 50% of your desires. And the other 50% is the baby's desires or their needs for safety. So I'll be guiding you. Um, and many different talks about all the ways that you can have a positive, pleasurable, and I believe orgasmic birth in any setting in any way. So if we don't write it as a performance standard, but instead we look at those moments of joy, those moments of connection, for me of 
understanding that birth is body, mind, spirit, and sexuality. And how can we have these moments as pleasure? Now, some people will tell you, and I can share with you lots of ways that people can have lots and lots of pleasure all throughout labor, birth, both during the sensation and in between. But for some people, they do experience labor as challenging or maybe even painful, but in between might have a kiss, a touch, a look, words of love, and that's pleasure. And my own orgasmic birth was really that moment of intensity of feeling my baby moving down and feeling that head move out of my body. It was kind of this incredible release. And then bringing my baby up to my chest, skin to skin, heart to heart, that first kiss, that first touch, that first embrace, that was orgasmic. So I never felt the sensations of orgasm, But for me, we need this language that includes that birth has so many elements that are not captured in the common language about birth. When you think about birth today, what are the three first words that come to your mind? And when I ask that question to many people around the world, I often hear pain, fear, and fear of pain. And so we've almost indoctrinated people into this language that's not only fear-based, but a lot of the words we use, like contraction, um, for many people mean pain. So we're leading people to a painful experience. And for me, orgasmic birth is to prepare people for the challenge, for the intensity, but to also know that there are so many other ways that you can prepare with pleasure, with joy, with love, with connection, and that you can have an orgasmic experience in many ways. But I also want to say, I want to honor those people that have birthgasms, as we call them, because we know that orgasm in labor and birth is an incredible pain relieving technique. We now have a lot of science to show that oxytocin produced in the brain and staying in the brain. Some of the oxytocin actually bonds with receptors in the brain that gives you a sense of calm, connection, love, ecstasy, well-being, and at peak levels, great pain reliever. And of course, in orgasm, that truly orgasm high. And in birth, I believe that's why after birth, we have this orgasmic high of meeting our baby and bonding and falling in love. So this oxytocin actually really takes us out of our normal state into that blissful orgasmic state. And so when people have birthgasms, oh my goodness, are they blessed, right? With pain relief, with the sensation. I had one person like wrote me and I get literally hundreds and thousands of emails from people that do have birthgasms in labor and birth. And they talk about it, not like a regular orgasm. They'll say it was the most expansive orgasm of their life. One person said it was like being connected and expanded into the entire universe, like this universal divine love and energy. So 
we don't really know how many people have birthgasms. And part of the problem is one, nobody asks. Um, and even when people ask, many people don't tell. I found it really interesting that when our documentary first came out and I was touring the world with the film to kind of sold out audience after sold out audience, standing room only, the number of people that wanted to come and hear about orgasmic birth. And when I would ask, you know, how many people had um, a birthgasm, there were always a fair amount of hands that every screen but at the end of the night or the afternoon when the screening ended and we had a great Q&A, there were always people waiting to talk with me and a fair number of them would kind of come up, hang their head a little low, talk very quietly, and they'd say, it happened to me. And I'd say, what? And they were like, I had a birthgasm, but I never told anyone. So I didn't want to raise my hand because I was here with friends or my partner and they never knew. And I thought, why didn't you tell anyone? And what I heard again and again is people felt shame. They're, all their friends talked about was this terrible pain and they felt like something was wrong or weird that their body had these expansious waves of orgasm at some point in labor and birth. And so many people thanked me. They said, you know, I finally understand that one, it makes physiologic sense, right? That baby is coming down, opening up the cervix, coming through the vagina, opening the labia. And what we've really come to know, right, is that the clitoral complex is a complex. It's not just the tip that so many people thought was the clitoris. There are 8,000 nerve endings that are winding through that vagina and labia. And labor is designed to bring that baby down. And actually, we're starting to learn that by touching some of those nerve endings in the clitoris, the clitoris's only role is pleasure. But we're starting to question, does that pleasure also have that role in birth as pain relief and in giving people that openness? We know when we're in that juicy state, right, our bodies are literally opening and expanding and getting wet. So all those things may make a lot of sense in helping to let and ease the baby out rather than push, push, push. Um, think about being in a room of strangers and trying to be intimate. Think about people asking you questions. Think about how often in birth today, people are on their back, not using gravity. They're pushing uphill. And in that position, right, we know that our bodies are shy. They're shy to release hormones. Many people would have trouble having an orgasm with a room full of strangers. So we're depriving people of our own natural ability in ways to make birth gentler.
to experience the pleasure that's there. And to one, I always say, stand and deliver. Don't take it lying down to use gravity. And we're even learning that many people prefer forward leaning positions, kneeling forward, leaning forward, squatting forward. There's so many different positions. And I'll take you on another episode all down different ways you can prepare for and give birth. But we're learning too that the way that clitoral complex is, when people are leaning forward, they're probably getting way more stimulus into that clitoral complex, into those nerves that are both providing a lot more pleasure and pain relief, as well as ease in birth. So what we're learning is that the people that have had orgasmic births don't really talk about it. Others don't want to say anything because they don't want to feel make other people feel guilty. Um, and no one should feel guilty. If you had a long and challenging birth, I think it's amazing to be able to dig deeper than you ever thought to bring your baby Earthside safely. So this is not about not honoring every single person giving birth. This is about honoring that we do have a medical system that intends well. And they believed if we watch every minute of birth and we monitor it and we really control it, that we're going to do better. But what we've learned like a science experiment is rather than better outcomes, we're getting worse outcomes. Too many people are suffering in childbirth emotionally with post-traumatic stress disorder, with what we call near misses, where complications are, are life-threatening, but they save them. And we also know for Black, Brown, and Indigenous people that the inequities that racism, medical racism has caused has definitely putting people at far more risk. So I want to honor that, and we'll unpack a lot of that in the future. There's a lot to dig in here too, but orgasmic birth is to say there is this possibility. I know there is, and science is really catching up. We now are seeing scientific articles, and I love one that says, you know, a sexy birth is a scientific birth. It's time to really honor all that birth is. So one thing I love to ask you to do if you have a piece of paper or write on your device or whatever, write five words, birth is, and just write down what five words come to your mind. Um, maybe some of what I've been just saying to you, you're starting to rethink birth. So I want you to really think about that. And then like, really, what if you changed it and said sex is? What would be five words you would say sex is? Is there any similarity between the words that you say birth is and sex is? And that would be an interesting discussion to really write that down, whether you're giving birth in the future, you're just listening because you wanted to learn more for maybe the future, or maybe you're a birth keeper, a doula, a midwife, a doctor. Love to know what those words are for you. So really think about how do you feel about childbirth and how do you feel about sexuality? Because I want to honor birth is sexual and orgasmic birth is bringing us into that 
place of honoring the sexuality of birth, the sacredness of birth, the emotional aspect of birth, the spiritual aspect. But a definition I've long loved, it's an older one from the World Health Organization, they define sexuality as an integral part of the personality of every person. It's a basic need and aspect of being human and cannot be separated from other aspects of life. This was published in 1975, and I know that there are many definitions out there. And again, I think most important is you write your own definition. How do you define sexuality? But when we say it can't be separated from other aspects of life, then I question, why did we separate it from birth? Why did we recognize that other than in birth, we consider you know, a cervix, a vagina, a labia, a clitoris, a vulva, all sexual organs. And so I think when we can reconnect that to birth, then we can ask different questions, both as those people giving birth, right? Birthing people, women, men that are there, what do we need to do to create the safety and privacy and unobserved and honor birth as a part of sexuality? But for caregivers, what would you do different if you thought you're in the space with someone who's in a very deeply intimate act? And I believe when we put those two together, we're going to really transform birth and everyone will have an orgasmic birth. So when we're thinking about this, I always love to talk about how was your sexual education? Did your parents provide good sexual information, education, and preparation? Did school? Um, How do you define your own sexuality? So all things to kind of really consider, because for many people, we haven't had the education that we really need. Again, I ask these questions all over the world, and usually I get no, no, no from all those questions. Maybe there are 10 or 20% that feel that someone in their life, rarely a school, really gave them good sexual education. So for everyone else, it's something that's missing. And there's so much that can you can still learn at any time in life and expand into, right? Really take heart. Now, know that sexuality also includes how we feel about our body and body image, which is also changing so much when someone's pregnant, is changing in those postpartum times. So a lot to think about in that And I really want to honor, if you've seen our documentary, Orgasmic Birth, we call it the best kept secret because people haven't been talking about it um, at all, uh, then you know that we have a survivor story. I never would have completed a documentary about the sexuality, intimacy, pleasure, and love of birth without honoring that about 20 to 30% in some places even higher, um, all people are survivors of sexual abuse, emotional abuse, and physical abuse. And in childbirth, we're now trying to start the hashtag MeTooBirth 
because we're learning that many people are feeling violated in childbirth itself, where things are done to them without their permission, without the care and respect that every person deserves and desires. So if you're a survivor, um, we will be having future episodes that talk about that. I've done a lot of work with some great educators, including Penny Simpkin and Phyllis Klaus, two of my mentors who wrote a really important book called When Survivors Give Birth, Understanding and Healing the Effects of Early Sexual Abuse on Childbearing Women. So I do want to honor that we want to honor survivors. Pregnancy and birth is a time that a lot of healing is available. So even for people that feel you've done a lot of healing around that, I would encourage you during pregnancy to go a little deeper, look at the ways that birth is sexual so you can protect yourself, but also know birth has so much healing available to you. So it is a time just like Helen in our film, she really knew that she needed to have privacy and she really defined where and with whom she wanted to birth safely and being honored and respected. And her birth was really a time of reclaiming her body. Again, I get thousands of stories and survivors have written me that their birth healed more than anything that they've ever done, more than years of therapy, that it was a major reclaiming of their body as theirs in a healthy way. Um, and so I just couldn't stress enough for any survivors or for people caring for survivors in birth, how important it is that we honor this connection to birth and sex so that people can be prepared um, for what might be ahead to set the criteria that they need for safety and privacy. So it's not only me talking about orgasmic birth now, although I have to say, I think we've been blessed that we've been around the world and back. Our film is available on our website in seven different languages. And I think in total, we're in 12 languages around the world. But I've done interviews in the media all over the world. And now the media is covering uh, birthgasm and the use of masturbation, nipple stimulation, kissing, ways to have your own oxytocin flowing. And I had to smile so much when a couple of years ago, Gray's Anatomy had a wonderful scene with an obstetrician visiting from Italy. And there was a labor that was really taking a long time. And if you haven't seen it, definitely, I hope you can find it and look at it because it was a great episode. Um, the Italian obstetrician says, no, you know, have you tried stimulation? And the doctors all kind of look panicked to that. And they're like, like, you're suggesting we do that? No, you know? And she was like, no, no, the partner. Um, and they're like, well, we don't want anything going in, you know, her water's already released. And she was like, not going in, you know, there's this beautiful little area that we can massage around the clitoris, around the nipples, and that will get her own oxytocin going. And sometimes she said, when you add pleasure to pain, 
pain becomes pleasurable. And so I've often say move from pain to power with pleasure, but Gray's anatomy took a lot of the words in the way that I had been speaking and others as well, and put it into this great clip. And of course, fast forward, um, all of a sudden you hear these beautiful sounds coming out of the labor room. And in our documentary, Ina Mae Gaskin, a midwife says, you know, when women are well cared for in labor, they sound like they're having great sex. And so this is what we hear in this labor room. And everyone feels a little uncomfortable. But what's interesting is they portray well that the medical providers are the ones uncomfortable. The woman and her partner, I think, are having an enjoyable time. They've literally taken labor into their own hands. And I'm sure that was way more pleasurable than if they had needed other artificial hormones or cesarean or other interventions. So we have to realize that we're at kind of, I think, a tipping point now where major, major articles and websites are adding masturbation, um, nipple stimulation, sensuous touch as one of the things that people should be offered in labor. But we're still in a system full of shame and taboos that are not really promoting that people use that. So there definitely have been different clips on other shows, but I think it's definitely worth saying. And I want to say that orgasmic birth isn't new. In 1907, Spaeth had a unique approach to dulling labor pains. I'm going to actually quote this. It's from an article, How to Give Birth 100 Years Ago. And they wrote, apparently the nerves of the womb are directly connected to the clitoris. With our present knowledge of the nerve supply of the womb, we are enabled to lessen the pain of labor to a marked degree. During the first stage, pressure is made with the fingers of the terminal filaments of the sympathetic nerves in and around the clitoris. The index and the middle finger are placed uh, one on each side of this organ and firm, moderate, hard pressure is made against the bone with the direction of the pressure up toward the abdomen. This is done by the attending physician, the nurse, or the woman herself. A reflex result occurs in which contraction of the womb follows, its mouth dilates, dilates, the normal proportion and pain ensues and labor proceeds naturally and all the unnecessary flying pains cease. Now, I love this kind of like professional wording. So like maybe more than 100 years later, we have to come back and make it an intervention. But I'm not so sure most people would want to know their doctor or midwife for doing this. But interesting that there was acknowledgement in the past when birth happened at home before we moved into hospital, people were doing, they were moving, they were upright, they weren't being told to lay in a bed, they could if they wanted, but they could move around and there were more natural ways. And I think people knew a bit more of this connection of how to help labor flow easier. So to kind of come around and sum up a little bit, right? We have to really examine what are our beliefs and values around sexuality, around birth? Where do they collide and where can they come together? What's your vision 
as you've been listening today, how are you feeling? What do you need to heal? What do you need to expand into to have more information to go deeper into birth? Uh, definitely listen. And I always really love Dr. Sarah Buckley. If you haven't heard her session yet on the hormonal physiology of childbearing, both read, you know, definitely listen to our episode, follow her on the internet and read her report. I think it's so important because what we're learning from science is the benefits of an orgasmic birth, a birth with pleasure, love, connection, intimacy, fully honoring every aspect of that birthing person. That woman is a healthy hormonal flow for mother baby. Mother baby, I write them as one word, capital M, capital B. They are connected. They're their hormones are flowing together. So we want to honor them as one in labor. And even after birth, they're designed to be together, which this hormonal flow gets them ready for that breast crawl, for that skin to skin, for breastfeeding, chest feeding. It also, when we talked about the pyramid, when I began, when you're meeting all the needs and you allow yourself to expand into that top phase of really going beyond the ordinary to the extraordinary, that's where people have an increased self-esteem. They take away this power in birth that is not available any other day, right? There is something deep and primal and incredible in birth that once you've birthed in that way, no one will take anything away from you ever because that power stays with you. It's also a beautiful time, orgasmic birth of loving through labor. And I mentioned this, and I really do feel that the bonds between a woman, her partner, a father, a baby, um, whoever you define as your family or just you and your baby in birth, if you birth in love, you are going to pull this forward. And we're going to talk more about postpartum and postpartum is some of your highest highs and your lowest lows, but you need that love. That's what brings you through. It's creating positive memories. Birth is a day you will never forget. You will not only never forget how it unfolded, you'll never forget how you felt and how people made you feel. So when we can set the stage and birth where and with whom and how we want to have all the criteria to be met for an orgasmic birth, you're creating not only a memory for that day, but a memory you will look back on a lifetime. It's also going to help you with positive body image. And I have had so many people that have had powerful, pleasurable, orgasmic births, and they have totally felt different about their body now. The body that did this, they're no longer self-critical about, and they also heal, as I mentioned, Helen in our film, and they expand their sexuality. So many people tell me that what they learned about their sexuality themselves and their body that they brought into that experience in the years after truly expanded their intimacy and sexuality. So I hope you're really thinking 
wow, a lot of benefits, a lot to look at, a lot to breathe into and feel. What is holding you back? What are the things that you just heard that you're going, yes, I want that too. And I'm going to leave you with a another story because sometimes people think, well, let me go talk to my midwife or doctor about it. So I was at a very big screening of orgasmic birth. And often when the lights come up, we see many tears. If you've watched it, just always have some tissues nearby, take time after seeing the film to have someone there with you, your partner, your friend, your doula, um, express your feelings. So we have this hour off and that's kind of a talk back, a panel. And immediately uh, this man was up kind of ready to say something. And I called on him and he said, well, I'm an obstetrician and I want to thank you for your film. It was really eye-opening. It showed me a side of birth that, you know, I hadn't always seen or thought about, but, you know, as an obstetrician and he gave a number and I apologize, I forget, but it was many hundred births. Like I've seen many hundred births that I've, you know, been honored to attend and I, no one has ever had an orgasmic birth. Now, as I'm looking at him, he's kind of more in the front. There's a woman popping up just a few rows behind, kind of waving, waving it. I'm like, yes, can I help you? And she said, well, I had to jump in because doctor, you were my doctor about two or three years ago. I forget the exact one, right? She said it exactly. And I had the most orgasmic birth. I had a birthgasm. It was so pleasurable, but why do you think I would tell you? And that really hit like everybody in the audience, because there have been a few studies on orgasmic birth and they didn't ask women. They asked caregivers. They're like, how many orgasmic births have you seen? Well, I haven't met anybody that tapped their doctor or midwife or nurse on the shoulder and said, guess what just happened? As I told you, lots of people never told their partner, their husband, their best friend, or their mother. So this truly is the best kept secret. And I hope you'll join me that by talking about it, we will help those people that have had positive, pleasurable births, not feel shame anymore, but also have permission, share your stories, right? We need for people to hear every person's experience. So wherever that experience is, it's good to hear it. But we also need to know that there are so many more things we could be doing that would make it so much more possible that every person would have an orgasmic birth in the way that you define it. So I'd love, tag me on Instagram. I would love to hear your definition of orgasmic birth. I would love to know when you wrote birth and sex, how did those words come together? I always love to hear your thoughts. So please reach out, share what orgasmic birth means to you. And if you've had a positive, pleasurable, healing, orgasmic, challenging, blissful, painful birth, I'd love to hear from you too, because sharing your stories is a wonderful way to birth forward this wisdom. So thank you for joining me today. I hope that you will share your thoughts and help us spread a message of orgasmic birth so that every person will have an opportunity to birth with respect, love, and pleasure.
Thanks for listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe.